The Gospel reading for this evening is found on the 25th chapter, according to the Gospel of St. Matthew, beginning at the 14th verse. Glory to Christ our Saviour. Matthew Gospel, chapter 25, reading from verses 14 to verse 23. The Word of God says, For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. Now he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. But he who received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. This is the gospel of Christ. Praise to Christ our Lord. Church, will you please be seated? can take out masks. (laughs) All right. Let's turn to another passage this afternoon. Timothy chapter 3. First Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 13. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble thing, noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach. The husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunken, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well and with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must, be a, he must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into condemnation with the devil. Moreover, he must be well taught by outsiders, so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. Deacons likewise must be dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain. They must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. And let them also be tested first, 
and let, then let them serve as deacons, as they prove themselves blameless. Their wives likewise must be dignified, not slanderous, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Let each, let deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children and their household well. For those who serve as well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray, shall we? Father, we thank you for this afternoon that we can all gather together at one place. And for those who are tuning in at home, Father, we pray that you be with them as they joined in in this congregation at home. So, Father, we pray, Lord, that as we look into your word today, that your spirit will come and grant us new revelations, fresh insights on what being a servant of the church is all about. As we look to you in Jesus' name, amen. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome once again to our Saturday evening service. And for those of you who are watching this online, so glad that you can join us today. Trust everyone is keeping well. For those who have received their vaccination, I hope that you're keeping well and staying safe as well. We continue today with our sermon series on This is Church. We are talking about servants of the church this afternoon. You know, as I was preparing this, I'm very much reminded as preachers, we, we do struggle with some of the topics that we are tasked to preach because the topics that we talk on will very soon catch up with us. Sometimes during the week, we do something and the Lord reminds us of what we preach. Huh? We must learn to, to work out what we preach. Huh? So, so we need to be careful to practice what we preach. And today in talking about servants of the church, I'm also very aware that I'm talking about myself and talking to myself. So as fellow servants of God, we journey together as we learn what it means to serve the Lord for his honor and glory. Amen. You know, the passage that was just being read to us by Pastor Darren, there's one phrase that I believe that every one of us, when we are done on earth, would like to hear the Lord telling us. And what's that? You may receive a plug for the, you know, but I think it's the first slide that I have. It says, well done, good and faithful servant. Because the version, the verse that is read to us is, enter into the joy of your master. We like to hear this. Well done, good and faithful servant. How many of you would like to hear that? Only a handful. Ah. Let me ask again. How many of you like to hear that? If you can, you can raise both hands, you know. Yeah, Kathleen is raising both hands. I would like to hear that from the Lord when I'm done on earth. Good and faithful servant. 
In desiring to hear that, what are we trying to say? We are acknowledging that we are God's servant. And that God is our master from whom we take orders and instruction, isn't it? The passage that was read to us that, we, that I read earlier in 1 Timothy, Paul was advising his disciple Timothy about the qualities to look for in church leadership. He mentioned about overseers and deacons. And I'm particularly interested in the word deacon. The word deacon, as we see the definition, the word deacon comes from this word called diakonos, meaning servant or minister. And this word, as the dictionary say, appears 29 times in the New Testament, des designates an appointed member of a local church who assist by serving other members and meeting material needs. So if you want to be a deacon, you are a servant. If you want to, when we serve, we are a servant. In other words, every one of us in the church who serves in whatever capacity that we are in, in whatever area, is a servant of God. We have just commissioned our ECC members, okay? Thank you very much for Stepping forward, and this group of ECC or, or any other service that we are in, they are a group of fellow servants who have been nominated and who have agreed and willingly stepped forward serving in the leadership capacity of our church. So we all know that every one of them have good standing for themselves and have confidence in the faith that is in our Lord Jesus Christ. A couple of years ago, when I first came in, the staff did a book at our staff devotion called Being a Servant of God. And the author, Warren, Warren Wiseby, has a working definition on how ministry takes place in the church community. He said this, ministry takes place when divine resources, when divine resources meet human needs through loving channels to the glory of God. When divine resources meet human needs through the loving channels to the glory of God. So who are these loving channels? You and me. The loving channels here refer to you and me. Turn to someone next to you and say, you are a loving channel. <laughs> so we are all loving channels. We are all fellow, fellow servants. We are to tap into divine resources that are available to us. We talked about the gifts of the church a couple of weeks ago. Divine resources that are available to us, we tap into them as we reach out to the people around us, meeting needs, meeting needs of any kind. When a new visitor comes in, the new visitor has a need. What's the need? The need to feel welcome. The need... 
to say welcome for somebody to go up and say hello welcome to our church so the need is for someone to go acknowledge the person shake the hand and say welcome with a smile when someone is going through a difficult time a listening ear is needed and maybe a pat on the shoulder is needed prayer support is needed when someone reads the bible and don't understand there's a need to help the person to dig into the scripture and understand, to unpack the scripture. So I'm sure that sitting there, you can think of needs of all kinds, and we are to tap into the divine resources that are available to us. So needs of all kinds, and we are supposed to be that loving and willing channels that God can use. So what does it mean to be a loving channel? We can learn from one person, and that is our master leader, the servant of all servants. We can learn from our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ is our example. Jesus himself said that he has come, that the Son of God, Son of Man came to serve and not to be served. And to give his life as a ransom for many. So he is an example that we want to follow. And then at the upper room, after he has washed his disciples' feet, Jesus said this, If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash another's feet, one another's feet, for I have given you an example that you should do this, do just as I have done so. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So Jesus has set the example for us. He says, I am the example. I have set an example for you. This is about Discipleship 101. We talk about developing a culture of discipleship. We talk about following Jesus. We are aware that being a disciple of Jesus means taking up the cross daily and following him. Taking up the cross, what does it mean? Taking up the cross means identifying with his suffering, identifying with his death, and of course, identifying in his resurrection. And it always means to be imitators of Christ. Jesus has shown us an example by washing the feet of his disciples. That is call for humanity. So we as his followers, we are to do likewise. Therefore, I believe that being part, being part of the package of being Jesus' disciples, we are to be like a servant as well. Being willing to serve others as Christ did as Christ has shown us. Another passage that I would like to look at, I would like to ask to look at, is from Philippians chapter 2. I have put it in the New Living Translation, which says it plainly. He said this, the translator said it, you, have, you must have the same attitude that, Jesus Christ, that Christ Jesus had. Though he was a God, Though he was God, 
did not think of equality with God as something to cling on. Instead, giving, he gave up divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. So that's our God. He humbled himself and took the form of a, serv of a servant, become a human being just like you and me, to come on earth to live a life of example for us to follow. So we may ask, so what about a servant? What does a servant look like? Oh, I believe that we, a servant is characterized by, first of all, an attitude. Okay, first of all, our attitude. Our attitude is an outflow of our thoughts and personal worldview. There's a book that is written by this, this, this lecturer called Tan Sien Yang in his, in his book called Full Service. He said this, Our attitude affects our feelings and behaviour. Attitudes of pride, arrogance and entitlement will rob us of God's rest and peace. An attitude of servanthood, on the other hand, enable us by the power of the Holy Spirit to serve the Lord with humility and hiddenness and with much rest and rejoicing in Him. It's so true, is it? Pride, arrogance, and if I keep thinking of what is there for me, our entitlement, it will rob us of our rest. You know, our mind cannot rest. We keep thinking of a lot of things that goes up in our mind. And if we think that we are above everyone else, arrogance, then we also keep ourselves very occupied uh, in our mind. But when we have this attitude, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can rest. We have joy. In other words, when we serve the Lord, we need to watch our attitude. People around us can feel and they can see after talking with a person and obs or observing a person, we would sometimes say, this person's attitude is very good. Or we say, this person's attitude stinks. What do you mean? What actually you, do you mean? You are describing the person persona, a person personality, be it negative or positive. Paul, in his Philippian passage, encouraged us to have the same attitude as Jesus Christ, that he did not take his equality with God, something to be grasped, but he was willing to come to take the form of a servant. So what does it mean for you and me? For example, a person may be holding a high position somewhere in his job giving commands and instructions with full of subordinates. But when it comes to serving God, would this person be willing to be just an usher at the door, shaking hands and smiling and welcome people? 
It is an outflow of our attitude. What is inside of us? That hiddenness, the inner life within us, what flows out of it. So it is a posture of the heart. And Jesus took the posture of humility and obedience. Just as Jesus humbled himself and was obedient to the cross. Again, quoting Tan Xiang Yang again, he said this, humility is an essential part of true spirituality and maturity in Christ as well as servanthood. Servanthood and humility are inseparable. We cannot be servants or born slaves of Christ if we are not humble people. Isn't it true? So, servanthood and humility is hand in gloves. They go hand in hand. How about obedience? The word obedience, I've said this before and I'll say it again. The word obedience, obedience is, this, is spelled this way. The center three letters of the word is D-I-E. And the center of the word die is I. Which means what? As much as I am a friend of Pastor Darren, I appreciate him, I cannot die for him. He must die on his own. As much as you love your mom or you love your daughter, you cannot die for your daughter. You cannot say, okay, I love you so much, I let you live, I die for you. No, you got to die on your own. Similarly, looking at this word obedience, obedience cannot be done by someone else. I cannot say, Ay, you poor thing, i be obedient for you lah. No, I can't do this for him, and he can't do it for me either. We have to walk the road of obedience on our own. I'm sure if you can think of some other words, you can think of the word, the letter I in that word. For example, the word sin, S-I-N, or the word sacrifice. It's the center letter is also the, word, the letter I. Oh, I'll let you go and think about it, huh? a, a reflection for your part. Then in the same chapter in Philippians chapter 2, Paul in the earlier verses said this, do, not, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility cast, count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look only to his own interests, but to the interests of others. So what, was Paul, so what was Paul trying to say? As I was thinking how to unpack this, uh, we have a very colloquial Singapore English term that say, don't be yaya papaya. Basically, this is what it says. Don't, don't, have, don't be selfish, don't be considered, don't think that you are more significant than others. So it's, don't be yaya papaya. Don't, be, don't think 
Don't think of yourself. Don't be self-centered, in other words, but think of the interests of others. This is a, another type of service that Richard Foster will talk about in his, in his book, um, Celebration of Discipline. Listen, listening, and, listening is also a service. Seeing the good and positive in another person is also a type of service. So, humility and obedience are both posture of our heart. If we do not watch our posture and always thinking of what we gain or what can we benefit out of serving others, we run the risk of being self-righteous. We know this book, some of us may know this book, Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. He has a chapter on the celebration of service. And in this chapter, he distinguished between true service and self-righteous service. He said, he said of self-righteous service, he said it comes from human effort, calculating and scheming. How many of us can identify don't tell me. So, self-righteous service, it comes from human effort. Then, a self-righteous service is impressed with the big deal. It must be a big deal. Otherwise, you won't, say, you won't serve. It must be some high position. Otherwise, you won't save. Okay? It must be something that people can see. Otherwise, you won't serve. Then, it, got, it requires external rewards appreciation and applause from others. Then, it, it's, then self-righteous service is highly concerned about results. No results also don't serve. Then because of this attitude, it fractures community. It fractures community. It does not help. It, it divides maybe. Then true service in other words, on the other hand, it comes from a relationship with divine others, meaning that true service must flow out of an ongoing relationship with the divine others. Then you can tap into the divine resources, yeah? Then true service do not distinguish between small or big service. It doesn't matter. It's serving anyway. Then it rests contented with Hiddenness. No, it's, it's okay to be behind the scene. Nobody needs to know. It's all right. That is true service. Then it delights, because why? It only delights in serving. It's only delight in serving people. Then true service binds the community. It brings the community together. If you have a copy of that book, it will be good to read that chapter. It's quite an interesting chapter. So our attitude, our posture, and true service, these are all, how can it be expressed? It can be all expressed in our service, in our collaboration with fellow servants, serving together, serving together to the glory of God. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, it says, If... Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, 
If any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intended on one purpose, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility consider one another as more important than yourself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. In a church, a community like ours, we all serve side by side as loving channels, as fellow servants, using our God-given gifts. In the same book, Full Service, Tan Siang Yang said this, Servants will minister in the church at ways that will fulfill God's original intent. It is about loving service and helping the church to be a caring church, fully dependent on God and full of God and His grace and presence so that the people can be built up in the body of Christ and become more mature in Christ-likeness, in wholeness and holiness in agape love. So we are the servants that serve in the church. In church, we rub shoulders with one another. It is therefore, it is very needful as we serve one another, we need to learn what it means to submit and respect one another. In Ephesians, Paul encouraged us, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Out of reverence for Christ, we need to learn to submit one another. Not that my ideas are better than your ideas. Sit down. Collaboration is about putting our ideas together and find the best way forward. Submitting to one another is not being selfish, it's not being self-centered. Submitting to one another is also a way of looking into the interests of another person. Of course, submission is not being a doormat for people to walk all over us. It is also not carrying favour. But collaboration with one another, loving one another. Our call as fellow servants is to walk in the love of Christ. We walk in God's love and have an ongoing relationship with God. That's what the authors, Richard Foster and Tan Sien Yang, will call it our hidden life or hiddenness, our inner life. We bring our human resources, our know-hows, our gifting together and share with one another and collaborate with each other, serving God in the church community. Of course, we all, those of us have been in church for a while, and today especially, we are aware of the many areas of ministries that we can be involved in to be that loving channel that God can use to meet needs. We have talked about God-given gifts. We have talked about being members of the church. Then we need to build up this body of Christ that you and I belong to. In your hand is a handbook 
And then on one of the pages is a list of the various ministries we have in our church. Take a look and prayerfully consider how we can serve together, how we can serve one another, collaborating as fellow servants within our community. As I conclude, I would like us to look once again at Warren Winsby's quote. He said this, Ministry take place, takes place when divine resources meet human needs through loving channel to the glory of God. So my question to you today is, are you willing to be that loving channel? Then Richard Foster, in his chapter on the celebration of service, ended this way. He said, The reason Christ beckons us to the ministry of the tower, the tower meaning, you know, washing the disciples' feet. Let me say it again. The reason Christ beckoned us to the ministry of the tower, such a ministry flowing out of the inner recesses of the heart is life, is joy, and peace. So may we all, as fellow servants, avail ourselves to our God in whatever capacity that we have, with whatever that He has given us, tapping into His divine resources, depending on Him to be His loving channels, to be His hand extended, to be His servant, and serving Him with joy and gladness. Let us pray. As all eyes are closed, let's take a moment and think about what kind of divine, what kind of loving channels we have been. Taking a moment to reflect our attitude, our posture, and the kind of service that we are rendering to the Lord and to one another. Have your service been characterized by a good attitude that is the same as the Lord? Has it been characterized by a posture of humility and obedience? Has your service been a true service or a self-centered service? Father God, we come before you. We thank you for the privilege of being able to partner with you, the privilege of being able to tap into divine sources that is available, that you have made available to us. So that, Lord, we have the privilege to partner with you and be your hand extended and meeting human needs the way that you have called us to. So today, 
Father, we want to give of ourselves to you once more time to be your servant, to be your willing servant, to be your loving servant, to be your willing, loving channels that you can use all to the glory, to your glory and to your honor. Thank you, Lord. We know we cannot do it on our own. We ask that your spirit will help us. That is our divine resources. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. Let us stand as we sing this song together.